Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. statement right here this morning, you know, it's, it's amazing that not only does God love us just like we are, but he loves us enough not to leave us like we are. How many really believe that God wants to take you to another level, another station, living in your life? How many believe that this church is for the betterment of your life, not for the worse of your life, but to make your life greater, to make your life better, to make your life more productive. Stand with me for the reading of the word of the Lord. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one verse, and then Colossians chapter 1, and there's two verses there that I want to leave with you this morning and uh, and just kind of, help us today 2nd Corinthians 5 and 14 I just want to read just the first part of this verse Paul says for the love of Christ everybody say the love of Christ constraineth us for the love of Christ constraineth us. In Colossians 1 and 16 are these words. Paul says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Verse 17 And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. I'm picking out two words here. One is in 2 Corinthians 5.14, and that is the word constraineth. Everybody say constraineth. And in Colossians 1.17, where Paul says he's before all things, and by him all things consist consist constraineth and consist I'm going to bring these two words together in the word of the Lord by the help of the Holy Ghost today and speak on this simple subject love matters love matters Lord we love you today and we thank you for this great church this wonderful family McGee family we thank you Lord for the work they're doing in this community, and I pray a special blessing upon this group of people today. Pray, Lord, that they would continue to make a great impact, Lord, in this community. That, Lord, you would open up our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our heart to understand. Bless us now in your word. Anoint my lips of clay and fill my mouth with the right things to say today. Bless us in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, love matters. It really does. It still matters. You may be seated. I want to say that uh, you need to love your family. 
like you have never loved your family before. This coming week is Love Week. Valentine's Day is coming up on the 14th of February. So husbands, I encourage you to express your love to your wife this week like you've never expressed it before. Wives, I encourage you to express your love to your husbands this week like you have never expressed it before. Singles, I encourage you to express your love to your family or friends or someone special like you never expressed it before. Uh, let me say this. For those of you who are trying to get your loved ones back in church or maybe you're trying to get your friends back in church or new acquaintances to come to church, you cannot lecture your family or your friends back in church. You cannot preach them back in church. You've got to love them back. I really believe you can love people back to church. I really do. I really believe that. And one way you can do it is, is uh, invite them over to your house and uh, cook hamburgers for them. Show them that you love them en enough just to have fellowship with them. Show them that you love them enough just to have fun with them. Maybe I think we need a little more hamburger evangelism or hot dog evangelism or uh, uno evangelism. Cornhole evangelism. I mean, we could just make a, make a list, you know. <clears throat> Loving people. Now, Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.14, the apostle Paul makes this statement. He says, for the love of Christ constraineth us. Webster defines the word constrain as to restrict or to confine, to hold back by force. In the Greek, it comes from the root word, which means to hold together. Therefore, constraining love is hold together love. And it's this kind of love, I believe this morning, that is so desperately needed in our society. With divorce running rampant, Homes breaking apart, children are being tossed around from one parent to another, uh, children now suing their own parents, and deadbeat dads, emotionally deranged mothers. And on top of that, we have a, uh, a, a corrupt influence of the media, uh, the lacks of moral code in our society, and the sensual lyrics of popular music, even along with Hollywood's interpretation of normal living, all is being successful in dissipating the relationship of fidelity in our society. Our world needs, I believe, the kind of love that can still hold things together, hold marriages together, Love that holds families together. Love that holds churches together. That kind of love cannot be found in a bottle this morning. It cannot be found in a needle. 
It won't, you won't find it at Walmart. You won't find it in a pill or you can't smoke it. You can't buy it. You can't swallow it. You can't drink it. A doctor can't prescribe it uh, and a pharmacist cannot package it. The only kind of love that can hold your life together can only be found this morning in the constraining love of Jesus Christ. How many can say amen? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we, we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not. They're not supposed to know us. They're, they never will be able to know us because it knew him not. I mean, he's glad that you can say, Brother Sizemore, I'm proud that I know him. I'm not concerned about what the world thinks about me. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. It doesn't matter what my friends think. It doesn't matter what mom and dad thinks, even though I love them too. But it's about him. It's about God. It's about my relationship between me and Jesus. May I say, all of us here today need the constraining love of God activated in our life. I'm talking about more than, more than a commitment of faith, more than being a church member, more than being faithful with your tithes and offerings. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with the Lord. Love still matters. Now turn to Revelations chapter 2. Jesus told the church in Ephesus some very important things about love. How many have people in your life that you love? Amen. I mean, don't ever stop loving them, no matter what they do to you. All right? No matter how many times they stab you in the back. You have to learn to love. I mean, it's glad that God loves us unconditionally. Whether I'm in church or out of church, he still loves me. Whether, uh, you know, whether my hair's combed or not, and there's not much up there anymore, but, you know, he still loves me. Praise God. He loves unconditionally. Revelations chapter 2, Jesus told the church in Ephesus, chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how that is cannot how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. There are lying apostles out there. Be careful, be guarded. And hast borne and hast patience, and for my namesake has labored and has not fainted. In other words, you've done all these wonderful things, and I commend you for that. Nevertheless, verse 4, I have somewhat against thee. I'm aggravated with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset with you because you have left your first love. If I, as, I, as my wife and I and my daughter, we've been traveling across the country. It saddens me. It disappoints me, Brother McGee, as I'm seeing more and more people leaving their first love leaving their love for holiness, leaving their love for doctrine, 
leaving their love for, for what thus saith the Lord. This is an obvious lesson on the fact that no matter how hard we work today, as much as we can contribute, how careful we may be to defend the gospel, the truth of the doctrine, God is not truly pleased with us until we can guarantee him that we really love him. Notice the Bible says they, 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 they left their first love. Nobody came and took it away from them. Nobody broke in and stole it. But they, they left it. They left their first love. It was something they chose to do. They left their first love. And this is a major problem today, folks. It can happen to the best, it can happen to the brightest, it can happen to saints, it can happen to ministers, it can happen to young people, it can happen to old people, it can happen to new converts, it can happen to established saints. And if we lose our love for God, we will ultimately, in time, lose it all. Don't lose your love for God. Don't lose your love for the church. Don't lose your love for one another. Amen. Because our life, our eternity is based on the fact that if I can love him, be in relationship with him, then I'll automatically be able to love you and love my enemies and love everybody around me. Turn to your neighbor and slap them and say, love matters, love. I hope the reason you came to church today is because you love God. I wanted to come to church today. Wasn't by habit. Wasn't because I was obligated. I just wanted to go to church. I love going to church. Amen. Because I love the Lord. Not because you're, you're in love. You don't come to church because you're in love with personalities. You don't come to church because you're in love with the charisma of certain groups of people. But that you are here because first and foremost, more than anything, I love the Lord. Amen. I know where he brought me from to where I am today. I couldn't have made it by myself, but he picked me up out of the mire and the pit and the ugliness of sin. He cleaned my life up, and for that, I've got to love him. I'm going to lift hands and worship him. I'm going to exalt his holiness and his power because I love the Lord. I really love the Lord. I can guarantee you that you will not stay in church unless you love God. You won't stay in church for me. You won't stay in church for your kids. You won't stay in church for your, for your pastor or your parents. You won't stay in church for anybody if you won't stay in church for God. <clears throat> and we need to ask ourselves a very important question this morning. Do I really love the Lord? The reason I say that is because if you really love God, you won't always whine around. If you really love God, you won't go around and complain all the time. If you really love God, you won't bark at your husband all the time. You won't slap that husband of yours all the time. You know... If you really love God, you, if you really love the Lord, you will keep his commandments. If you really love God, 
If you really love God, you will be interested in what the Bible has to say. If you really love God, you will be interested in holiness and living and making sure that I'm living right and I'm behaving right and I'm talking right and, and I, I, I'm doing what God wants me to do. If I really love the Lord, Folks, you can't love God and love the world at the same time. You, you cannot serve two masters, the Bible says. Jesus says, you can't have two masters. You either love me or you and hate the other, or you love the other and you hate me. I want to serve notice to the devil this morning. I love the Lord. I don't love the enemy. I don't love sin. I don't love the world. I don't want nothing to do with it. I love Jesus more than anything. Hallelujah. He's my grace. He's my love. He's my peace. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Amen. And no greater love, no greater love hath any man than this that he lay down his life for friend love really matters it's like the man who asked me one time he said pastor I think I'm in love with two women and he was serious and he said pastor is it possible to be in love with two women at the same time and uh, kind of caught the pastor off guard pastor thought for a moment and he said well you know what I think so I think you can as long as it's your mother and your wife <laughs> love is the prerequisite for every relationship and the bottom line is folks God wants to have a relationship with you and me and that relationship is predicated only on constraining Love. Bible says we have the love of God which is shed abroad in our hearts and it is the love of Christ that holds us together. Causes us to love God intently. In other words, I intend to love God. I, I intend, amen, come, come Sunday morning to go to church. I, I intend, it's, it's with intense love. Now listen, it, it, it is... Let me say it this way. It is the effect that is produced by God's love that should cause us to be influenced and constrained and held together. And the effect is seen by loving one another in the same way. Now, just as God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So we, this morning, we, after being constrained by his love, or after being influenced by God's love, should desire to love others in the same way to lead them to Christ. Now, this was how the apostles were able to persuade and convince the world that they needed to be saved. They didn't browbeat them. They, they didn't rule and preach with a rod of iron. They didn't force people to serve the Lord. Well, there's some I wish I could. Yeah, I wish I could just drag them in here, handcuff them, drag them in here, and put their face in this altar and say, repent or else. And don't ask me what the or else would be, but, you know. I mean, there's some people I wish I could just, you know, purposely say, but I can't. I, I can't do that. You can't do that. 
All we can do is pray for them. All we can do is love them and, 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 and help them and be a friend to them. But we can't force people to serve the Lord. But what, they, but what they did do, what the apostles did do, was show the world the same love that Christ had shown to them. It was the love of Christ that constrained them, that, that held them together to do so. And folks, we need that same constraining love this morning. This church needs to continue to have that holding together love praying for one another. That's the only way that you can love your enemies. That's the only way that you can do good to those who despitefully use you. Have you ever been despitefully used? Have you ever been, uh, you know, uh, somebody had a motive and they, you know, despitefully used you and, and uh, caused all, you know, began to spread rumors and caused all kinds of things? How many has ever been stabbed in the back? We all have. We've all been wounded. We've all been hurt. We've all been offended. We all have. And we all have scars to prove it. But one thing I like about scars is that you've got the scar, but the pain can be gone. You know, I've got several scars on my hand from just doing different jobs and different works. And at the time, you know, it called, I needed stitches. And at the time, it, it, it hurt. It was painful. And it was a long recovery. And I still got the scars there, but the pain's gone. And that's the way our life is with the Lord. I mean, I'm just glad that even though we're hurt and we get offended, yet the Holy Ghost can come in like a sedative and, and, and bring the healing. And yeah, there's, there's things there still in my life. I look back over my shoulder, Brother McGee, and I see things that times that I were hurt and times that I was offended and times that I was just devastated and I didn't know what I was going to do but and the, 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 the scar is there to remind me what happened but the pain is gone because I learned to love those people in spite of what they did to me love them in spite of what they said to me love them in spite of how, how hurtful their words were but still love them anyway you say well Brother Sizemore I can't do that well yes you can I beg to differ. You can only in the Holy Ghost. Have you ever driven down the highway and somebody passes you that had hurt you and you just get that feeling, you know? I don't know how to describe it. And then it's not long until you see a car like that, but they're not in it. Somebody else is driving it. But just the car passes and you, it just brings back those memories. And, you know, just that feeling you just want to, you know, get in there and yank their tongue out and hit them upside the head. You know, just, uh, you know, get revenge. But you can't. You can't. One thing I have learned, I don't know how I got off on this. Help me, Jesus. I will, I will have to confess this morning, I have come to the altar and many times and I've bowed my knee and it took everything within me, Brother McGee and Brother Mason, to just say their name. I mean, sometimes I couldn't even hardly get it out. I mean, I was so mad, I was so aggravated. But I learned a key many years ago, and that was in spite of what they said, in spite of how they treated and all of that, 
if I can learn to say their name and pray for them and say, Lord, bless brother so-and-so. Bless them really good. Oh, it hurt when I said that, you know. Bless them going in, bless them coming out, bless their family, bless their marriage. Now, my flesh was the opposite. You know, I, I, I was ready to, you know, just do them in. But anyway, so I had to take it before the Lord. And when I learned to, when I learned to begin to pray for them, and the more I prayed for them, and the more I called their name out to the Lord and asking God to bless them, in spite of what they've done, Lord, you bless them. You, you, you bless their children and bless their job and bless their marriage, Lord. And the more I did that, the quicker the pain left. The scar remained, and we'll always have those scars. But love, folks, love can go beyond what the human mind can even think. The love of God, the constraining love of God can move amen, into factors even within our own psychic that we can't even figure out and understand. But there's something, there's a mysterious supernatural element when you began to implement the love of Jesus Christ and how much he loved me. Lord, help me to love my neighbor and love my family and love my enemies and love those that, that are out to, to hang me, Lord. Help me to love them. Because love still matters. Somebody shout hallelujah. Still matters. And it's for that reason that the psalmist David loved the Lord all through the psalms. And it should be the same reason for us today. We should have the same feelings about God that even the psalmist David said. For Psalmist David said, Lord, I love the Lord. Why, David? Because... He first loved me, and he loved me enough that he hears my voice and my supplications, David said. He loves me enough that he inclines his ear down to me. Therefore, David says, I will call upon him. I will love him in return as long as I live. Let me tell you something about love. When it comes to love, if you, if you can explain it, it ain't love. You know. Man says, well, I, I love my wife because she's so fine. Well, if you can explain it, it ain't love. If a woman says, well, I love him because he's got money. He's got good looks. That ain't love. Love is an unconditional, positive regard. And today God loves every one of us even though he knew what a rascal we used to be or what a rascal we are right now or what a rascal we may turn out to be. He still loves us anyway. Amen. When God saved you, he already knew you were going to fall down. But he saved you anyway. And the best thing I can tell you this morning is when you fall down, the best thing, just get right back up fall off the bicycle but get right back on it when God saved you he knew you were going to mess up he knew you were going to falter he knew you were going to, to fail yet he saved you anyway 
So the best encouragement I can give you this morning is get back up and keep going. Go beyond where you are right now because God loves you regardless of who you are, what you've done, where you've been. John 13, 25 says, By this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you love one another. How do you know you're saved this morning? Is it only because you spoke in tongues? No. Because that's not the only sign of being saved. Is it because you're a church member? No. Is it because you're a good person? No. Is it because you shook the pastor's hand? No. God says, here's how I know you're saved. Because you have love, constraining love. Love one to another your Christian ID card this morning ought to be love that's why the Bible says husbands love love your wives you married men you don't have a choice those of you who think love is an emotion then you've missed it Love is a commandment. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, if you give your wife an inch and she thinks she's the ruler, the Bible says, love them. If she's a great cook, love her. If she can't fry water, love her. If she's a great housekeeper, love her. But if you need a road map to get from one room to the other, love her. When her cute little dimples turn into permanent wrinkles, love her. When you look on her dresser and you see Bengay instead of oil of Olay, you've got to love her. Hello? When she goes to the dentist, but her teeth stays at home. You've got to love her. Love her. It's a commandment. Husbands, love your wives. Now, the, Bible's, the, the Bible does not say anywhere, wives, love your husbands. You know that? But they are still supposed to because the Bible says, love one another. So wives, you've got to love him too when he gets that Dunlap belly. In other words, Dunlapped over his belt line. You've got to love him like the man who told his wife, well, why is it, honey, I married you and you only weighed 108 pounds. Now you weigh 198 pounds. The wife responded, well, the reason I weigh 198 pounds now instead of 108 pounds then is because I've had four kids. What's your excuse? So, wife, you've got to love him. <laughs> when his can-do can't keep up with his want-to, you've got to love him. When he goes to the palm reader and he's got so many wrinkles, she reads his face. You got to love him. 
Folks, love has got to be the prerequisite in your relationship. Love really matters. I'm saying, and, and I need to be careful in my time here. I'm, I'm starting to meddle, and I can't, I got to be careful of that. You say you love the Lord. Why do you love the Lord? Well, he did this for me, and he did that for me. You know, we always, we're always looking at something that God did for us, and that's why we love him. That's the wrong reason to love him. You love him because he loved you. You loved him because of who he is, the God that he is, the understanding that he is. And if you're loving him because of the things he does for you, you're loving him for the wrong reason. You need to fall in love with him regardless. Fall in love with him because he's the God of the universe. Fall in love with him because he still sits on the throne. Fall in love with him because he controls the stars and the sockets and the sun and the moon. Amen. Love him because he's in control of your life and he knows your future, your past, your present. He knows what's going on. Just love him because he's in control clap your hands if you love him this morning and if he's done anything for you that alone should cause us to walk for the Lord walk with the Lord take the cup of salvation and drink it now I'm going to close with this in my research I came across some magnificent and outstanding information about us, all of us, and just how much God really loves us. And when I understood this and realized this, this blew me away. Now watch this. First of all, David said in Psalms 139 and 14, I will praise thee, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, David said, and that my soul knoweth right well. In other words, this morning, God knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows your name. He knows how you think. He, he knows your DNA. He knows all the things you're going through right now. He knows how many bills you've got to pay and how much money you've got to pay them. And he knows if you're in, in foreclosure. He knows if, if you're in debt. He knows all. He knows everything. Notice what Paul says in Colossians he says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and earth. We read this earlier, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. But I like what verse 17 says. And he is before all things and by him all things, everybody say consists. The word consist comes from the same Greek root word as constraineth that means hold things together in other words if I may paraphrase it this way God is before all things and by him all things are held together now you may ask well how do I know brother size more that God can hold my life together well I'm glad you asked if we'll look deeper if you'll look deeper inside your own human body that God made we will see for a fact just how Colossians 1.17 really works. There's a little protein molecule in the human body called laminin. Anybody know what laminin is? Have you ever heard of laminin? Laminin. And, and, of course, that's how I felt about it when I first heard. I didn't know much about it. But in, in molecular biology, laminin is a cell 
adhesion molecule in the human body. Everybody has these cell adhesion molecules called laminin. They're in your body right now. They're in my body. They're also protein molecules. Laminin are cells in the human body that organize into certain molecular structures which determine how much protein there is. There are between 10 and 60,000 proteins in the human body. In fact, science doesn't really know how many there are. There, it's just a speculation. But they do know that one of them is a cell adhesion molecule that's organized into this certain structure that tells the cells where their job is in the body. And laminin is a cell adhesion molecule. Therefore, laminin is kind of like the rebarb of the human body. It's like the wire steel that they put in concrete to make the foundation of a building stronger that keeps it from cracking and keeps it from falling apart. In other words, laminin is what holds your membranes together. It, it's, what, it's the glue of the human body. It's laminin. It's what holds everything in your body together. It's what holds your muscles on your bone. It's what holds the tissues in your organs, in your body. It's the glue of your body. It's called laminin. Now, I have never seen laminin. I've read about it, but I have never seen it. In fact, how could you unless you had a microscope? Well, we don't have a microscope today, so I decided to do the next best thing, and that is I Googled it. So I Googled it, and I typed in L-A-M-I-N-I-N, -I -I laminin. And what I saw blew me away. I said, wow, a cell adhesion molecule. And when I saw it for the first time, I, I, I got so excited. I really got beside myself, and, and I really began to understand the love of God. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, really. And at that moment, I, I fell in love with laminin. I mean, I got so fired up about it. I mean, you should see laminin, really, uh, I guess, right? <laughs> well, I just happened to have a picture with me. And, uh, and so I, um, you know... So I want to put this, if you'll put that first picture, if, if they can do that, that first picture up on the, uh, up on the screen here in just a minute. It's a, it's, this is laminin. It's a cell adhesion molecule that is holding your body together right now. <laughs> Doesn't that look familiar? Huh? Now you might say, well, Brother Sizemore, that's... Um, that's just a drawing. That's just a scientific sketch of laminin. I said, okay. So I surfed the internet a little bit more and, and found, I, I came across a real electron microscopic image of an actual laminin protein cell adhesion molecule in the human body, and it looks like this. Put that next picture. There it is. Woo! You say, well, what's that got to do with, I mean, how amazing is that? 
That's the stuff that holds our bodies together, that holds the lining of our organs together, that holds your skin on, and, 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 and it's in the perfect shape of the cross of Jesus Christ our Lord. And when I saw that, I was immediately drawn to Colossians 1.17, and he's before all things, and by him all things consist, or all things are held together. That's the constraining love. For the love of Christ constraineth us. Everything in your life this morning is held together by the love of the cross of Jesus Christ. Everything in your life, your marriage, your home, your body, your mind, your sales, everything, God had it all planned out in the very beginning. That laminate, I'm going to put it in there. So if your life has fallen apart this morning, then just, just look at Laman and say, okay, Lord, I get the picture. Amen. You planned it years ago when you breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life and Adam became a living soul. You put laminin in us, a symbol of your cross. Whew. So if you think your world is falling apart, get your eyes on Jesus. If you think that you think you're, you're, you're losing your job and you're losing your family and everything seems to be going uh, in, in chaos around you, get your eyes on the Lord. Fall in love with the cross. Fall in love with what Jesus did at Calvary this morning. Everything in your life constraineth love, constraining love by him. All things consist and it's held together. So you don't need to fret. You don't need to worry. You don't need to be upset this morning because we are not self-sufficient. Every time we take a breath, I'm dependent upon the goodness of the Lord. My very existence depends on his providence to provide for me daily sustenance, daily nutrition, daily provisions. Paul reminds us in Acts 17, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. Whew. Without him, I'm nothing this morning. Without him, you're nothing today. But without him, but with him, we can be everything. And the reason we continue to live, the reason you continue to be blessed, the reason you continue to see your prayers answered is because you're in love with a God that loves you. Love matters. Stand with me this morning, if you will. Hallelujah. Whew. Thank God for laminate. Thank God for the cross. What can wash away my sins? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus. Something happened at the cross, my friend. When Jesus was suspended, suspended between heaven and earth, he gave up the ghost and said, it is finished. And at that moment, love was written in red. Love was written by his blood. Love, the constraining love of Christ. This morning, love still matters. Your heads bowed, eyes closed. We bring this service to a close. I hope I didn't go over my time today. But, but uh, you need the love of Jesus in your life this morning. You need to love him not because of what he does for what he does for you not because of the prayers he answers not because of the needs that he supplies 
You need to love him for who he is. Love him for his majesty. Love him for his. Love him just for the fact that you have an understanding of who he is. That you have a, that you have a revelation of his name. The name of Jesus. No other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I have revelation. I know, God, what's going to happen. I know where my future lies. If you're here today and you have given up on love, you have given up on church, you have given up on serving the Lord, you've given up on what he has done for you, and you say, well, I want to do it my way. Well, that's what Elvis Presley said, and look where it got him. You see, you can't do it your way. You're better off to surrender and say, God, I'm going to love you regardless. If I never get another miracle, if I never get another prayer answered, if I never, if I never, you know, uh, have any more success in life, that's not what matters. Lord, I'm going to love you anyway. I'm going to come to church and worship you anyway. Lift your hands with me right now. Let's just love the Lord together. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.